Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you to Stephen for putting on this event and for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. So a couple things right up front. Uh, I am coming to you live from the farm I grew up on right now. And that's significant for a couple of reasons. Uh, as you just heard, this is where I became vegan uh, 27 years ago. And also significant because you might hear some animals in the background. There were some geese making quite a ruckus just a little bit ago. So, and I just heard a rooster crowing. So you might hear something in the background. But I am honored to be here with you today to talk about building your body on a plant-based diet because that is precisely what I have done for more than a quarter of a century. So I thought to get started, I would just uh, take you back in time to tell you a little bit about my story because that's relevant to the lessons I learned, the principles that I've practiced, the things that I've shared with people in five books that I've written, and the things that I talk about in presentations like this. So uh, just taking you back in time a little bit, uh, I was a five-sport athlete growing up on the farm, and I was mostly an endurance athlete. I was a pretty small guy, but I wanted to get bigger and stronger. I'm talking about uh, in eighth grade, so around age 13, 14, I weighed 89 and a quarter pounds. I still have my little medical chart that, that shows that. And, uh, but I grew up during the 80s and, and early 90s, and I wanted to be like Captain Planet. I wanted to be like He-Man. I wanted to be like Hulk Hogan. I wanted to get bigger and stronger. And uh, that wasn't really in the cards for me, just the way that I was that I was built. I was a small guy. And then growing up here on the farm, I got to know farm animals uh, as pets and cows that had first names and goats that had first names and chickens that had first names, much like your dog or cat might. And so it was that time when I really got into understanding animals and viewing them as individuals who had the same interests as me to live a life free of fear, pain, and suffering, I no longer wanted to contribute to animal suffering. But as you know, I weighed barely over 100 pounds and I wanted to be this muscle guy. Uh, how am I gonna do that without eating animal protein? That was a uh, concern of mine. And so I asked my older sister who inspired me to go down this vegan path in the first place. I, I asked my sister, Tanya, I said, you know, don't I need, meat and milk and eggs to build my body. You know, milk does a body good. That's what I learned from television and beef is what's for dinner. And it's, well, it's what's for dinner here. That's what we're, you know, we're raising, uh, you know, these types of, of animals for food. And she said, Robert, at the end of the day, your body needs the nutrition that's commonly associated with those things. You know, we need protein, but you don't have to get it from animals. You know, we need calcium, but you don't have to get it from milk. You know, we need all these different vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and she said, guess what? Most of them, if not all of them, come in their original forms from plants. I said, okay. And so I went out and, uh, and gave it a try. This is in December of 1995. And I was, I was really into sports and I set out to do this vegan athlete thing. And I embraced it with all the enthusiasm and passion and compassion as possible. And guess what? it didn't work very well. And that's why all these years later, that's why I like to talk about how to really build your body on a plant-based diet rather than stumbling and tripping and falling and, and you know, face planting over and over by just making 
common and often now predictable mistakes. So let me just explain what that means in uh, real world application. So what that meant for me was that I was a 15 year old kid uh, trying to fuel my body with plants, not having a lot of my own money, uh, not uh, knowing exactly what to eat, knowing what I didn't want to eat anymore, animals and animal byproducts, but not knowing exactly what to eat. So I would start my day with something like a, uh, uh, maybe a cereal uh, with, uh, with soy milk, I'd go to school and get some white refined French bread rolls, uh, warm, fluffy, and they tasted great. Uh, they were enjoyable. And then for lunch, have things like chips and salsa and uh, sesame seed bagels, and then uh, and then go do my sports practice and come home and and have maybe like some spaghetti with peanut butter on it. I joked that I created my own pad thai, and then uh, have some maybe some hemp based or rice based ice cream uh, and call it good. And if you you followed along there you'll realize that uh, I didn't really eat any real food. I mean, except maybe the tomatoes and the salsa that went with the chips and maybe the, the, the soy milk, you know, which does have obviously some great nutrients in my cereal and maybe the nut butter on the, on the pasta. But really at the end of the day, I was eating a lot of highly processed foods, not a lot of nutrient dense foods, not a, not a lot of nutrient rich foods, foods, not a lot of fresh foods, even though I grew up on the farm and had access to it. And that's how I struggled. Two weeks into this vegan athlete lifestyle, I was ready to give it up. As many, many people do, uh, where they say, you know what, this just didn't work for me. This is just not working for me. I don't feel great on it, this kind of stuff. And I experienced that firsthand. Now, granted, this was in the 90s, before the internet, before a lot of resources, before a lot of books, before documentaries, before a lot of tools were out there. But of course, the basics were there all along. The basics of eating fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, nuts, and seeds, and the adequate calorie content based on my true calorie needs and calorie expenditure in alignment with my goals and all of that, that was there all along. But I was doing what, uh, what I knew at the time, what came easy to me, uh, what was tasty, what was convenient, what was cost effective based on my budget, which was very limited, of course, as a, as a teenager. And over time, I would figure it out. And so thankfully, I stuck with it because the, the ethics and compassion for animals were very strong in me, even though I didn't feel all that great, didn't feel all that energetic and, and uh, powerful to be an athlete eating bread and uh, and, and chips and, and natural soda and candy and, you know, the typical things that teenagers eat. So I figured it out over time and I continued to perform at a high level as a plant-based athlete uh, in high school. And then even in, in college, I ran cross country at Oregon State University. I was a pretty good endurance athlete, but right here, me lean back so you can see it <laughs> right here in my heart. I checked in like, Robert, what do you really want to do? You know, what do you, what do you really want to do with your life? And I, and I wanted to get bigger and stronger for myself, but also to show that, man, if I can do this, if I can build my body without harming animals, without eating animals, I could maybe someday inspire other people to do the same, to believe in themselves that they could do it too. I mean, that was my goal. That, that's, 
that's as, as honest and transparent as it gets. I wanted to pursue my own fitness endeavors, but do it in a way that would save animal lives and hopefully um, inspire others. So, um, so that's what I, so that's what I set out to do. And, and luckily over time, it worked. I was able to build, uh, build my body, get bigger, get stronger, start lifting weights, adapt to that. Uh, I eventually became a bodybuilder and then a champion bodybuilder and then a champion bodybuilder again, and then competed at the natural bodybuilding world championships that are all uh, drug tested, you know, urine tested, polygraph tested, all natural, of course. And that's, that's, I've been drug and alcohol free my entire life. And, and so I, I was able to figure this thing out and I eventually put on 100 pounds, uh, 120 pounds to 220 pounds. And I wrote five books on the subject of building your body on a plant-based diet. So that's what I want to talk about today because I struggled and then I figured it out. And I struggled again when I got into uh, lifting weights and trying to actually build muscle. I struggled there and faltered and stumbled quite a bit, I figured it out, and then I put on a lot of muscle. And all throughout these processes, I, I, I learned from others, others who have uh, you know, paved the way and, and who have pioneered the plant-based diet, um, like Dr. T. Colin Campbell and John Robbins and others who, who showed me the power of whole food nutrition. And so I incorporate that into my life as much as possible. Uh, to this day, I haven't used any sports nutrition products like protein powders or anything like that in over a decade. Uh, we'll talk about that as we jump into this thing in just a moment. And, uh, and, and I'm a firm believer that aside from vitamin B12, which is essential for, for all of us, really, uh, plant-based or not, that we don't really need sports nutrition supplements if we're getting the right types of foods that provide the right amounts of nutrition and we combine that with resistance training and other types of exercise and we reach our calorie needs and we get most of our calories from plant-based whole foods and only if we're very, very sports specific, trying to just change our, our success by small incremental steps, that's when sports nutrition products can come into play. But for the vast majority of us, they're simply uh, not necessary because they're trying to replicate what Mother Nature already provides, which is available um, sometimes at our fingertips, like it is uh, for me out here on the farm where I'm visiting my family this weekend, where food just grows naturally, uh, fruit trees and fruit bushes and nut trees and uh, a garden with root vegetables and all kinds of other vegetables and leafy greens and green beans and all of that stuff. Um, and so it's uh, definitely a, a, a privilege to be able to have access to that, particularly when I come back from Colorado to visit my family in Oregon. So that's a bit about uh, about my background. So let's let's jump right in um, to how do you build your body on a plant based diet. So I usually start my presentations by asking people in audiences that if you've ever had a New Year's resolution, a, a fitness oriented or health oriented goal. Uh, particularly fitness, then clearly everyone who's had a specific goal for weight loss or muscle gain must know precisely, based on their gender, age, height, weight, and very importantly, activity level, exactly how many calories they expend per day. Four-digit number, everyone's got your number, right? You know, I ask that question and not a lot of hands get raised. And that tells me that there's 
there are a lot of people who have no idea how many calories they expend per day. Then my question is, how can you possibly expect to create a nutrition program to lose weight or to build muscle or to even maintain and stay the same if you have no idea how many calories you burn every day? How could you possibly know how many to eat? You're, you're either going to gain weight, you're going to lose weight, or you're going to stay the same. But having control over that is where the real power is. And that's what I learned as I was going about this process as a competitive bodybuilder, because that was my, you have to know that. You have to know that as a competitive bodybuilder, or else you're, you're never going to stand a chance. You have to be able to manipulate your body, build muscle, and then burn fat, get to a low body fat, and get on stage and display your body and your muscles and all of that. So most people, maybe 99%, have no idea uh, how many calories they, they expend. But there's a way to figure it out. It's your basal metabolic rate plus the additional calories that you expend through exercise. So beyond just existing throughout the day, which is your basal metabolic rate, just what you burn off through um, existing, through metabolism, through burning heat and burning energy, uh, there's something called the Harris-Benedict equation or the Harris-Benedict calculator, which you can look up online. So Harris-Benedict calculator is gonna, is gonna give you something, a form to fill out. It takes 10 seconds, but it's gonna give you some really, really helpful information. So when you use the Harris-Benedict calculator, it's gonna ask you for your gender, your age, your height, weight, and also very importantly, your activity level. And you need to be honest about this, like how often do you currently really exercise? So don't make up, or exaggerate or anything like that. It's what are you really expending uh, through additional exercise on a daily basis? Are you working out three to five days a week moderately? Is it five to six days a week, really intense exercise? Is it zero to one days a week uh, with one day a week to, with um, very low impact? Uh, fill that out and be honest. And it's going to give you a number. So for me, when I fill that out, so I'm a male, 43 years old, six feet tall, about 205 pounds. I exercise you know, pretty intensely four or five days a week these days, training for the fun of it, um, plus dog walks and all this stuff that I do during the day. I expend about 3,100 calories every day. How is that information helpful? Well, for me, it's helpful because if I eat more than that each day, which is easy to do. Some people might be surprised how easy it is to consume three or 4,000 calories a day or more, 5,000 calories a day. We do it all the time. We do it, our friends do it, our loved ones do it, our colleagues do it. We often do it without knowing it. So if I eat more than 3,100 calories a day, especially fairly significantly more, if I were to eat 3,500 to 4,000 every single day, have a surplus of you know, 800, 900 calories or even 500, 700 calories surplus every single day. Uh, am I going to lose weight? Probably not. It's, it's not really possible. Am I very likely to gain weight? Uh, yes, that's very, the very likely outcome. And that's going to be determined whether that's muscle or fat or both based on the nature of the calories that I consume and the type of exercise I am or am not doing. And so that number becomes very, very helpful. So when I bulk up, like I was doing the uh, Rich Roll podcast a couple of years ago when I launched the plant-based athlete, which I'm very fortunate. I went on to become a New York Times bestseller and translate into eight languages. And it's become a number one international bestseller. And it's created a lot of really fun and unique opportunities. 
for me and for my co-author, Matt Frazier. For that, getting ready for the Rich Roll podcast, I deliberately wanted to bulk up. I wanted to get really big and strong. And so I did. I went from about 200 pounds to 220 pounds by eating a calorie surplus combined with resistance weight training. Um, and, it, and, and, it, and it works over time. And then when it was time to like, okay, Robert, it's, you're, you're, you're 223 pounds right now. You're a little bit too heavy, a uh, little bit too much body fat. Um, you know, let's change this. I, I simply adjusted my calorie intake, lowered it, and I increased my exercise expenditure, particularly, excuse me, particularly adding um, cardiovascular training or more cardiovascular training than I was before, doing things like riding the stationary bike, um, uh, going on extra dog walks, doing some jogging, some running, um, some long walks in the sun, that kind of thing. And I got all the way down to 195 pounds. I dropped 25 pounds in, I don't know, eight or 12 weeks by having control through understanding the Harris-Benedict equation and my calorie intake versus expenditure. So that's going to be true for, for everybody. The only way to gain weight is to eat a surplus calories beyond what you expend. The only way to lose weight is to uh, eat fewer calories th than, than you expend. And so you can manipulate that obviously through food intake, through exercise, or I prefer to do both. You know, I've, when I was a bodybuilder, I always thought, you know, why do we have to restrict so much if I'm really that hungry or if I really want to include this, this extra meal or this extra serving, why can't I just spend a little bit extra time exercising, doing something fun, enjoyable, maybe a, a team sport activity or going for an extra dog walk or going to go, you know, shoot baskets at, at, the, at the park or whatever. And then I'm burning off all those extra calories. There's still room to consume them. So, uh, so that's where we need to start. Most people don't know their calorie expenditure and most people don't know their calorie intake either. So how the heck do you figure that out? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that. A lot of apps these days, especially things like Chronometer or MyFitnessPal. Those are the two probably most commonly used ones that, that I know of. There's the tons of other individual apps um, managed by different companies or different programs or different coaching uh, systems and, and all of that, but you can just use these free programs, Chronometer or MyFitnessPal. And basically what you do is you, you uh, type up all the food that you consume and again, be as honest and accurate as, as possible. And so if you have a, I don't know, a, a bowl of oatmeal with nuts and berries, you know, the, the system, these apps will know exactly if you put the, how much size, like how many cups or the serving size, that kind of thing, how many ounces, whatever the case is, it knows all the nutritional intake already, how many calories, how many grams of protein, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins, minerals, all that kind of stuff. So it gives you a tremendous amount of data to work with. Not only is that helpful for you, but if you work with a trainer or a coach or part of a program, uh, or you go visit a registered dietitian or, or a trainer or, or someone where you need to present what you're your real accurate daily food intake is like, present a food journal, so to speak, you already have that. And not only that, you have all the numbers and all in the full breakdown as well. And so that is how you determine um, you know, what, what you're eating every day. And I, you know, I'm not big on uh, counting calories and, and I certainly don't uh, encourage people to do that on a regular basis. I don't think there's any need for that. And we should 
get accustomed to eating intuitively and, and having an understanding of, of serving sizes and calorie density of certain foods and, and all of that. And, and to be able to get to a point where we eat within our calorie range without having to think much about it. But I am a big supporter of documenting what you eat for an entire week. It can be incredibly eye-opening. It could be one of the most eye-opening things that you do because most of us, again, don't really know what we eat. We think we do. We think, oh, I'm, I'm plant-based. I eat pretty healthy. I eat a lot of salads. I eat a lot of greens. And that may not be the case at all. You may not have had a salad in days, yet you kind of assume, well, I'm plant-based. I must be eating lots of greens. Or maybe let's say it's fruit. You say, oh, yeah, I eat lots of fruits and vegetables, but maybe you haven't had fruits in days or you've only had a few very small serving sizes because the rest of your meals are, are bigger, heavier, um, more, more calorie dense, uh, things like a burrito bowl or pasta dish or big heavy salad or uh, any kind of uh, international cuisine like you know rice and, and vegetables or uh, curry dishes or, or whatever, the, whatever the case is. Um, those tend to dominate our actual menus and meal plans. And so we, we don't always have an accurate understanding of what we really eat. You may also find out that, wow, I, I had no idea I drank this much coffee or this much caffeine or this much alcohol, or I had no idea that bananas or chocolate were my favorite foods. I mean, I eat them all the time. I just didn't know that, or that I never have avocado or that I don't have a lot of omega-3 rich foods in my diet. There's barely any nuts or seeds or um, I do or don't use supplements. It will re reveal all of this to you, how much water you consume, um, those types of things that can be massively important. And so what I recommend just at a, as a starting point, you, you, you have to know these fundamentals if you're going to be in a position to have control over muscle building or fat burning. Otherwise, you're just hoping your, your work ethic is strong enough that it's all going to work out. So uh, so do that for about a week. The reason I say a week is because anyone can uh, try to fool ourselves or fool other people uh, through a single day of uh, food documentation where we kind of like, I'm going to eat perfectly just today because I know it's going to be evaluated. I know people are going to look at this. I'm going to be on my best nutritional eating behavior because I want it to look really, really good. So I'm going to go out of my way to have green smoothies and eat dark uh, pigment berries and eat, you know, so-called superfoods, these nuts and, and seeds and, and legumes and, and the best vegetables and, and all of that you know, load up on kale. But if that's not what you do on a, on a real daily and weekly basis, then it's not an accurate representation. And that's why I say do it for a week, because even when you try it, like I've done it too, where you try to be on your best nutritional behavior because you know it's going to be evaluated or, or judged or reviewed or, or seen by other people, even after day three or day four of a whole week, you're like, man, I want to go back to my old eating patterns. You know, this is hard to keep up with this like fake agenda I'm putting forward. Um, now, granted, you get some health benefits from those few days of eating the best you possibly can, but you also want to be really fairly accurate about um, what your real, truly daily food intake is like, because that's how you can make the requisite changes to make improvements on it. So, um, so that's, that's where to start. And then from there, you, you, you use the Harris Benedict calculator. Okay. I'm so-and-so I burn 2,500 calories 
every day. And, uh, and now I need to document my food intake to eat about 2,500 calories if I want to maintain weight or if I'm trying to lose weight, you know, I'll eat a little bit less or do a little more exercise. And the same with, um, with uh, building muscle, you need to eat a little bit more and do a bit more weight training. And, and that's really as basic as it gets as a, at a fundamental level. But then you want to look at, at the nature of the calories. So where are our calories come from, coming from? Let's say we're eating those 2,500 calories. Well, we want the vast majority, maybe 80% if possible, to be coming from plant-based whole foods. So have, having a foundation of legumes and vegetables and fruits and grains and nuts and seeds. It doesn't mean there's no room for uh, you know, that, that, that chocolate bar or that uh, popsicle or that you know, pastry that you like or whatever. The problem is, is that for many of us, the, the portion of calories that comes from processed foods is quite significant largely because of the calorie density, which we'll get to in a moment. And I know many of you already know that we'll put it, we'll put it into a fitness context in a moment. And so, uh, so you could eat 11 different things during the day, but if uh, 10 of those things are little apricots or small mandarin oranges or grapes or whatever, and the 11th is a Philly cheesesteak sandwich, well, you could say we have it. 10 out of the 11 things that I had were, were, were fresh fruit, you know, and only one thing that I ate was this processed thing, but that's where 80 or 90% of your total calories came from that big giant sandwich, not from the fruit. And so that's what throws people off quite a bit as well. They say, well, I, I, but I eat all these greens. I eat all these salads. I eat all these fruits or whatever. That's great. Uh, but there's not a lot of calories in those. And then we have the, the, the pizza, the burgers, the sandwiches and all that stuff. And that's where all the calories come from. So if we can get to a point where we get into a routine where breakfast is something like oats and berries and nuts or a smoothie bowl or a smoothie itself or a bunch of fresh fruit or maybe um, uh, potatoes or, or sweet potatoes or different type of um, root vegetables that are kind of associated with breakfast, you know, like hash browns, potatoes, those types of things. Um, you know, that's, that's a great, um, that's a great place to, to start. And then lunch, something like a, like a burrito bowl, you know, where you have rice and beans and avocado, lettuce, tomato, salsa, mushrooms, peppers, however you want to do that. Um, and, and mix and match things. And so you have different types of rice and you maybe have quinoa, you have different types of beans, you have different types of of greens that might go in that, you know, from a romaine lettuce to something totally different, may have uh, different types of peppers or mushrooms to just add something in there, different types of salsas. So you could have this, this meal of like a burrito bowl uh, daily and have it taste completely different one day to the next to the next and be, um, and be you know, super calorie dense and calorie rich and nourishing and satiating and, and all of that. <laughs> 